Jazzy holiday sounds coming at you live. Ooh, is this the beginning of the jazz years? <laughs> Thanks. Um, let's kill that. Thank and you. You don't like it? It's all right. That means you no. don't like it. No, I like it. I do. It's a, uh, I figure it's a little different, and it's retro. It has a very retro feel to it. So yeah. it's appropriate, and it's also legal. So <laughs> Don't want to get yanked down already? No, no. Yeah, pull us. I mean, we don't really have much of a live audience anymore. Um, no. Means we could no, probably... you all left us. I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's easier just to listen to on your own time. Because, like, I know Kevin Smith goes live on his shows, but I'd rather just listen to him on my podcast. Because they're like, if it's like a two-hour show, you want to start and stop it, you know, yeah. when, when you can. I mean, I get it. I'm on the show, and I don't listen to him live. So, Well, you are listening to it live. Cause yeah, doing it live. Sometimes. Until you ask me something, and I go, huh? Um, yeah, well, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, so, um, oh, cracking the knuckles. Oh, ooh. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, thank you, thank you. How, no, uh, was, uh, your week now? We were a week of, of, in between shows, a second Christmas show. Last week, we had commercials, a fun show. Yeah. No, that was fun. And it, it came, I want to say it came quick. I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm all out of, I have no sense of time whatsoever. Well, just to give you a little perspective, next week is our last Christmas show. It's our watch along. Yay. And um, so uh, Christmas is then, I think, 10 days away now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's the 14th, so add 10, that's Christmas Eve, and then tomorrow it'll be 10 days away from Christmas, so there you go. And it's basically 9 for me, because Christmas Eve is pretty much a Christmas for me. How so? Tell us what Uh, you do. We start, we go to my mom's Christmas Eve, so everything that you traditionally do on Christmas, celebrating Christmas, we do Christmas Eve with my mom. Well, well. And all her, all my family on that side we did that growing up uh christmas eve was just as big as christmas because we went we'd go to my grandparents and later my aunts but it was my dad's side of the family and it we yeah. did everything we did on christmas uh at night instead of in the morning yes yeah it kind of like christmas really starts at like four o'clock christmas eve yeah uh, absolutely yeah yeah we would go to my grandparents uh and then we'd go do church, then dinner at their house. Yeah. And then we'd hang out for a bit. And then some of the adults would go to like the late service. Yeah. Maybe, like... It changed. Like we started going to like the, 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 
the the day Christmas Eve or like the early mass, like the six o'clock or the four thirty mass. Yeah. And then go over to my grandparents. Then as we got older, and sometimes we'd go on Christmas morning to to church, which sucked really bad. But Ooh, we, and we'd yeah, only get never to, did that. I think that only happened once, and I I remember we only got to open one present. And the one present I opened before we left was my Hasbro WWF Championship belt. You know that chintzy one they they put yeah. out. Yeah. So it had like a um, like with a, the stickers. Like yeah, you, know? you had to put the sticker on it. Like it, yeah. it, it had the sticker there, but the sticker wasn't even on the plastic piece. <laughs> oh, it was so awful. Uh, but that was my first championship belt. Um, Please tell me you walked in the church with it over your shoulder. I wanted to, and my mom said it wasn't appropriate. What what the fuck does she know? You know. Oh, that's not appropriate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One more thing uh, for the priest to take off me. Is <laughs> Catholic people. Uh, it's Catholic uh, church. A lot of pageantry. <laughs> uh, you'd think they would have loved the gold. You know, they love their gold. Yeah, well, it's true. They do love their gold. You know, why spend money on feeding and clothing the poor when you could just clo- gold your church? Well, yeah, they have to, you have to, you know, present yourself uh, to God. You know, you're like, hey, look, look, we're doing well. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, I mean, that's, that, you act like that's not a tradition for everybody. I mean, we don't do it anymore because oh. we don't have kids. But that was, oh. that was Growing up, everything. Oh, no, we, I'm not saying I was the only one. All right. Most but, people, a lot of people celebrate full Christmas on Christmas Eve. Oh, I'm kind of jealous for like that. At yeah, mi- we, I mean. At midnight, they open up all their presents. Well, we actually kind of started even like the night before. So like Christmas Eve Eve. Um, because we do are, are so late. Uh, uh, so Enchantress taught me something what that date's called. Oh, what's that? It's called Christmas Adam, because Adam came before Eve. <laughs> ah, I like that. Yeah, All right. So on our joke. Christmas Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we do more like just the little nuclear family stuff with the girls. What's that? What's... We, um, like they get, they open, like they get like the, their Christmas pajamas and they get to watch a Christmas movie and like just a little cozy kind of thing, you know, like the crap you would do by the fire. Um, nope. If we do like the... Uh, like maybe like a gingerbread house, like the 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 typical chintzy uh, Instagram social media idea of what you're supposed to do on Christmas. Oh uh, yeah, we that's that that didn't exist growing up. Yeah, it was stay the uh, fuck away from your mother, or or you're gonna ruin <laughs> Christmas for her. Uh, no, we did that stuff with my mom. It, it was watch you know watch TV by yourself downstairs. You know with the kids, we all watch TV downstairs. You know why mom and dad wrap presents upstairs and and got ready for Christmas. <laughs> no, my mom would make us make uh, popcorn balls. Mm. My uh, there was yeah. some baking and some so like for the first years growing up, my parents hosted Christmas night at our house. So Christmas Eve was at my grandparents. Christmas morning was the family, and Christmas night was at our house. So it was and it wasn't like gift giving. Some but sometimes like there was extra gifts. Like my dad's friend Scott, who was rich, would get us like Commodore sixty four games. Well, yeah, you know, if you plug it in, you type it. Well, not that Scott. <laughs> that, oh. You think you think he would spend any money on us? <laughs> no. Hey, I got you a, a, a G94 game. 
Yeah, I had uh, Greg copy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our tradition was uh, was oh chasing plastic. What's up, buddy? You see, at least he's here. At least someone's yeah. here. Sometimes Ish is here. Sometimes Erocks here. But knowing someone's here with us on this yeah. live show, um, makes me feel good. So, uh, yeah, that's that's so what so what I I still don't understand your Christmas Adam tradition. It's you give them pajamas during the yeah, day. Yeah, they they get like a little Christmas box, and like in it they get little like matching pajamas, mm-hmm. and then there'll be like some candy treat in there or something. And like a little movie to watch, and then a book that to read, like Christmas Eve night oh, or whatever. I was almost like how we did Saint Nicholas Day. We had to put our shoe out. Yeah, that's kind of like what it is, just a yeah. little better. Oh, there's Iraq. Oh, he's in the house. Good in the woods. Well, it's like a production. It's like a certain uh, a hockey organization. It's like they know the show doesn't really start <laughs> until like ten after eleven, despite oh, yeah. the fact that Man. we say. 10:30 puck drop. I mean show right. podcast. We got to give them time to get their drink, their beer and get in their seats and buy an yeah, extra one empty seats on TV. Buy an extra hot dog. Tell me if this sounds like a good deal. $88 yeah. you get four tickets, four hot dogs and four sodas. For how much? $88. Okay. To for a... four people for for four people or is that's just like for one for I can pay $88 and I get four hot dogs and four sodas. We also get four tickets. You could bring three people along. You could eat the. No, that means I can. I have at least one empty seat to my left or right, and another empty two seats to my other side. To That's put your hot awesome. dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want someone uh, sitting next to your hot dogs while you eat them. And I guess a ticket. So it's eighty-eight divided by it's twenty-two bucks. Hot dog and a soda. And this guess, was. I mean, that's not. By the way, on the offer they made was on their dollar dog night. By the oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Dollar Dog Night only lasts through the first period, those cheap fucks. <laughs> Young E Rock. I like that. Um so yeah, I, I didn't I don't know. I saw that yeah. and I'm like, oh, four sodas and four hot dogs. Four you don't so, th- no no four beers. I'm sorry, not four sodas. No, it's four Come sodas. On. You don't yeah, I know you don't like like you don't think like i can't even believe they did the dollar dog night because i didn't like you don't even think they sell hot dogs there because it's a fucking obviously they sell hot dogs obviously but like you don't equate hot dogs with ice hockey at least no yeah hey question no, I just equate extra beer we're kind of jumping around here we went from christmas yeah. traditions and now i'm asking the, did you see the trailer for ant-man the new quantum mania ant-man 3 oh no i didn't yet Oh, there's a song. Do you know the song by Elton John? Something about the Yellow Brick Road? Yeah. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. I never knew that song. And it's in the thing. It's in the, like, my two aunts, they can't. So tonight we went to see A Christmas Vacation at the movie tavern. It was playing. Mm -hmm. And during the uh, previews, they're showing the Ant-Man. And they're all singing the song. And I'm like, what is this song? I knew it was Elton John, but I never heard it before. I thought it might be new. (laughs) I'm like, you don't know this song? I'm like, listen, if Delilah didn't play it, I don't know it, all right? <laughs> I knew the fucking Princess Daiwan by, by the fucking, like, the back of my hand because my mom bought the single and played it to death. Uh, do you know that's not the original song? No, I know. It's, uh, uh, she, I, she explained to me. I don't fucking yeah. know or care. 
<laughs> like, listen, I think Elton John's a talented guy, but do I listen to Elton John? No. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but is it my type of music? No. And I like, I like even, I like Billy Joel, but do I listen to Billy Joel? No. Because like, uh, Candle in the Wind came out on uh, Yellow Brick Road. Oh, on that album? Yeah, 1973. Oh, no, I think the 97 one, or 94, or whatever uh, no, the it was. But what the, year was that, when the, Die the Die? The singles from that album <laughs> was Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Don't Benny know. and the Jets, and Candle I know that Band. one. I know Benny and the Jets out of those four songs. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. oh. My dad had a lot of Elton John, so I listened to Ish. a lot of it. What up? I don't Hi. remember that video from Beavis and Butthead. Um, so, yeah, there's that trailer, and they showed the the new uh, Shazam 2 trailer, which, you know, I'll see it, but am I excited? Like, is it something like, oh, good, they're making another Shazam movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the Avatar one, again, that tells you absolutely nothing about the movie. That's because you've been uh, conditioned by so many trailers now where they just burn the entire movie. Yeah. I'm excited for Creed 3 in March, though. That looks looks fucking good. I mean, I don't know how much story there is to tell you. Uh, it's just about shiny things coming at you. So. Yeah. Are you seeing Are you seeing it in 3D or just IMAX? Oh, 3D. Okay. Okay. Norm- and normally I don't – it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I, you know, I – I go for the gimmick. Last 3D movie I saw was Jurassic Park with you. Yeah. At the promenade, all those. Which years. was kind of cool, depending on what. Uh, I'd rather have, some of them. Yeah, I'd rather have just seen it in the theater without 3D, like another yeah, re-release. At some point, it's like almost like oh, they just put a lot of drop shadow on them. It's yeah. Just, it's strange. Well, yeah, they rotoscoped out and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I'm reading now, so, so after Black Adam, it was all like, oh, Henry Cavill's back as, uh, Superman, and now I'm reading that he, Henry Cavill, reads his statement about Superman exit, my turn to wear the cape is past. Yeah. Which I find confusing, because everyone thought he was going to sign on for a longer deal, because he was going to leave The Witcher after Oh, yeah, here it goes. Here's a statement. I have just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October, prior to their hire, the news... Prior to their hire. This news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved... With the new universe, the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit, but when we rest remember, Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists, and the example he sets for us is still there. My turn, the, my turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands that for never will. It's been a fun ride with you. Oh man, he's kind of salty there. Huh? Hmm. So I guess James Gunn is doing his own Superman movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll see it. I like James Gunn. Hmm. James Gunn writing new Superman movie, not starring Henry Cavill. Hmm. I mean, listen, I think 
Henry Cavill is a good Superman, but I didn't like the movies he was in as Superman, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it, it's a shame, isn't it? Right. So, you know, and, and Black Adam, I, I, I liked it, but it didn't set the world on fire, and they, they kind of maybe lost money on it. Ooh. But, yeah, I mean, there's two camps, one saying well, that. Well, yeah, you never. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Right, uh, so uh, the, I can watch the news tomorrow when they announce that Henry Cavill will be returning for season four of The Witcher. Or uh, he's or, already gotten a phone call. It showed up Kay Feige on his phone. He was like, hmm. yeah, hey. I want him go out, go and live your passion and go make a badass Warhammer movie. What's Warhammer? Uh, it's uh, like a tabletop uh, kind of game. You know, you paint the miniatures. He wants to make a. Uh... He is a hardcore Warhammer player. Like he oh. shares like his like, he like does all the miniature painting and plays and shit and. Really into it. For a guy that handsome, he shouldn't be. Uh, he shouldn't be into it. I think but... he would be a, a great. Dish. He's already a, a beefcake. He's already yeah. got the bod. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's an X Men like. Hmm. Scott Summer, who he would be fucking perfect as. Oh, hell yeah. He's got that. Uh, he already has a built-in stick up his ass from playing mm-hmm. Superman. He'd be perfect fucking Cyclops. I don't know. That's just my... I think... I, I, I hope Kevin the, the, the timing is just right. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised... If Feige was like, hey, can you fire him from Superman so I can bring him in in <laughs> X-Men? <laughs> sure. Yeah. As, as they're cutting, they're probably talking about it as they're cutting. Or or like he put in James Gunn's head as they're cutting Guardians. Man, you really need to get rid of Henry Cavill as Superman. It's That's <laughs> that's been played. You know, you need to write your own and put your own stamp on it. <laughs> and then, so he goes, you know what? Kevin Feige's right. I'm going to let go of fucking... Henry Cavill, Superman. Day second he's out of the meeting, he gets a call. Hey, mm-hmm. I hear you're out of a job. I'm looking for something to play. Scott Summer, a Cyclops, in a badass X Men movie. Are you down? Uh, yes. Oh my God, he'd be such a perfect Cyclops. Cause Cyclops, in the comics, was jacked as shit. Yeah. In the fucking movies, it was a little fucking bitch. No offense. No, no, he was. He was, but he was. I mean, he's a bitch. He's a his personality's a bitch. Yeah, but he's also. A, but he's a jacked ass bitch. But he he's a bitch because he's got like a chip on his shoulder, kind of thing. In the in the movies, he was kind of just like, eh. Yeah, but he was. He didn't look like he could actually take Logan in a fight. No. No. Go right for the eyes. Right for your gimmick. You're super. You're excellent. Yeah, like he, he's still got to be a leader. He never was like a, never felt like a leader. Yeah. Yeah, that's, they really didn't have him as, they kind of had like Wolverine be the leader, and it, uh, but like not the leader, so. Yeah, that, that's not the dynamic. Right. Like Scott is Professor X's teacher's pet and kiss ass. And I don't know. I think Kevin Feige. I even knew Kevin Feige was involved 
in those first X-Men movie, he wasn't on a creative level, so. I'm excited to see what they do uh, in the MCU with X-Men. But first, we'll get Fantastic Four. Hmm. Wonder when they're going to announce that casting. Because everyone's going to have a fucking opinion. <laughs> Uh, I, I can, I will put money on the fact that there will be a number of people not happy. Wolverine. Uh, E-Rock goes, should I call you Logan Weapon X? Small rats. (laughs) What he's doing here is mimicking Wolverine's berserker attack with his adamantium claws. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, what are we talking about here today? Uh, I don't know. Uh, X Men. <laughs> uh, we're talking. We actually started on uh, Christmas stuff. Did you see? I mean, we got one more pop culture topic. Did you see the? the even though no one gives a fuck about the Golden Globes, the Golden Globe nominations came out. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. <sighs> I mean, I said so far there was two movies that I saw this year that should be nominated for an, a Best Picture for Oscar. One was Top Gun Maverick, and two was um, The Black Phone. And I'll give three, even though there's no chance in hell it happening. Violent Night. No, it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> it was just fun. But uh, Black Phone was a great, well-crafted movie, but it's never going to get any attention because it's the horror genre, you know. Squeezer definitely shot the fashionable male. What? The store Ben Affleck works at in Mallrats. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's a manager of. <laughs> He's going to let Shannon Hamilton bang him in the back of a Volkswagen. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh... But Top Gun Maverick got nominated for best it's it's best picture nomination for uh for Golden Club, so I feel oh, some of indication. Cool. It was a really good movie. Even though it was strangely co opted by the <laughs> fucking QAnon and right wings wingers. <laughs> but whatever. Made it more money, so they make another one. Yeah. It's really good. You know, war propaganda. All right, Squeezer. Let's. Uh, we're gonna talk television, Christmas television. It could be fucking anything. And I don't have a fifth pick yet, so I'm hopefully gonna get it. Oh shit! Yeah. Living on the edge, shooting yeah. from the hip. Doo-doo. Uh, but you go first this week. So, oh wait, I didn't load your picks into the. I'm di- oh, I no. did nothing. It will. I could. The stream deck configuring takes like three seconds now that I'm actually running it off this M1 computer, uh-huh. not my old iMac. Fancy. My M1 uh, laptop. So, like, boom, I'm already done. Wow. But, like, to do this on my iMac, remember, you used to take, like, four hours? Oh, yeah. All right. Here's Squeezer. Oh, pardon me. Here's Squeezer's. Here's Squeezer's first pick. Welcome to Rockefeller Center on the night we've had to wait all year for. The lighting of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. We've arranged for some especially good weather, although a little windy for tonight's event. The crowds have swelled to an incredible size. Talking about the crowds, the police estimate that 150 to 200,000 people are crammed into Rockefeller Center as we prepare to light the world's most famous tree. 
in midtown Manhattan on a festive wintry night. The temperature is about 55 degrees in New York, but it's the start of the holiday season. This is the 66th lighting of the tree. And whether you're watching from home or have come to see it in person, we all get to see it live. We have an incredible <laughs> show planned for you tonight on Christmas in Rockefeller Center. Ah, this tree is from 1985. It's been, I've got the best announcer voice in all of television. Ah, the good old days when Al Roker was fat and we just <laughs> assumed Matt Lauer was a creep. Was that Matt Lauer in the, the that, voice? Yeah, that was Matt Lauer doing his, ugh. Was Matt Lauer the one who had the door that locked, or was he the one who lied about Afghanistan? Uh, door that locked. Brian Williams was the lying uh, about Iraq or whatever. Was it Brian Williams? Yeah, the guy from MSNBC, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He came back. Uh, that yeah. was lying is fine. Um, raping having women, a, not fine. Yeah, having a a lock button, a panic, a reverse panic button on your desk. Right. It it closes the door and locks it. Yeah, you know what? You had to have someone install that fucking thing. I don't look at Matt Lauer and go, oh, that's a guy that can jury rig his own. Uh... Well, he probably said, like, like he wanted it, like, um, oh, uh, what's his name? And um... in, uh, uh, in, uh, Ron Swanson, like, keep people out. Yeah, or like uh, if there's a, uh, a a shooting, mass shooting, or if there's an attack, he can instantly yeah, if, close if his door and lock it. If there's a mass shooting and they get to the, they somehow get to the 65th floor of Rockefeller Center. Ah. Yeah. So I know I'll admit this. I never once in my life have watched a tree lining from. Oh, you lucky bastard! Thirty Rock. Uh, that so wasn't this appointment was television year. in the Kelly household. What's that? Oh yeah. Well, this is. Could you believe that uh, Mama Squeezer was very excited for this? Oh. Oh yeah. 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 I yeah. can see that. So this was actually the first year that it was national. Um. Before that, it ran all through like the New York area, right? Because who gives a fuck? Yeah, uh, and then apparently the ratings are really good. Like where it was like a quarter of households in the New York in New York City tuned into it, um, and because of that, they're like, "Well, we have to go national." And if you if you read one of the articles from uh, the New York Times, like Al Roker is saying, "Like I said, we should have gone national long ago. It's a great show." Uh, yeah, so then NBC sold it in the syndication, uh, for the 1998 year. Uh, and I just remember watching, and this is like the worst time for me now, because like now it's 98. Now, uh, if like I was a little kid, I'm like, oh, neat, mommy, look at the treat. No, now I'm a bitter 15 year old, and mom's taking over the TV. Right. And what is there to see? Like, it's not that impressive, like lighting that tree. No, well, it's a it's a thing. It's basically a parade, but in one place. So it's like a three hour show, um, where they fill it with uh, a bunch of they'll they'll get one decent headliner that might be on their way out. Uh, like they they had Garth Brooks, um, and then they had Cindy Lauper, uh, Babyface, uh, Christy Yamaguchi skated to Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh well, I mean that's a. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, who else is there? Oh, and of course the Rockettes have to do their little, look at me, I'm kicking my leg, yay, woo, let me go. Um, Yeah. And I, I forgot who the other, 
Uh, what was her name? Jane Pauley. Do you know who that is? Yes, I know Jane Pauley. Oh, okay. That was her. Because they wanted um, uh, Katie Couric. But she said, nah, two hours a day is enough with us. Jane Pauley, yeah, she was on Dateline. Yeah, yeah I know Jane Pauley. Okay, yeah. yeah. She was so like they, a legit. Wanted... She was a legit newswoman. Okay. Yeah. She she looked it, and then she's sitting next to Matt Lauer and Al Roker. And of course, and it's funny too because he starts off the show with making like a weather reference, and then honestly, they run that teaser and that that open and like a little history pack, and then they come right back and he makes another weather joke. And that's all it is. It's just weather jokes. And you can actually look at Matt Lauer's face just irritated. It's kind of pleasant well, to watch. What, what else does he have, man? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, he looks sickly now. I mean, good for him, but... Yeah, I guess if I guess if that's healthy, but... Is that know. is that why you started losing weight when you did? You were afraid if you got too big? Yeah, I didn't want to go too far down and then start looking... I didn't want to get that Al Roker kind of just sagginess. Yeah, you know who's Jane Jane Pauley's married to Gary Trudeau. Oh. Doonesbury. That makes sense. Yeah, I love Doonesbury. As yeah. when I was like 15 or 16, 17, cuz I became obsessed with Hunter Thompson and they had a character based on Hunter Thompson which Hunter Thompson hated and yeah. threatened to sue multiple times. Um I read I read Doonesbury and didn't normally get what they're talking about, but I thought I was no. an adult to read Doonesbury. Yeah, you you were an adult. You felt smarter. Um, yeah. I mean, it's st- it still be. I I laughed, even though I didn't get it. I still laughed more than Kathy. <laughs> Kathy's hysterical. What's <laughs> how dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> Arg. <laughs> Arg. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we had to then watch these for like the next so many years until fortunately, um, th- this was like right around like, oh yeah, that makes sense too. Cause this is like around like divorce time too. So mm. she had to like make, try to make like family extra time. special family yeah. time, bonding time mm-hmm. uh, around the holidays. And then thank God she got a boyfriend, because then like, it's like all like the love and carrying cuffs were off, and my sister would go and do whatever the hell she was doing with her friends, and then I would set my friends on fire in the backyard. No love for Mother Goose and Grim. We talked about Mother Goose and Grim, didn't we? Didn't you talk about Mother Goose and Grim? Uh, yeah, we did a. Uh, it was uh, our last cartoon show. I my think I talked about show, it. Yeah. And it wasn't the it wasn't the strip, but the uh, the cartoon. Cartoon. And no, but I had the book. I think I I referenced the. Uh, you know. Um, uh, the book. I read one the, of the uh, collections. For like the last I don't know over a year now, I've been trying, and I pretty much do. I read the Morning Call, tip to tail, but the digital version. Oh really? I try so I get it sent to my email, and I just the first thing I do is click it, so I don't have that little one sitting on my email. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. You want to see what I have on my email right now? Get guess a number. Uh, it's not gonna. Now that's just my work one because I'm a professional. So uh, right now I got four, but that's just because I keep 
resending notes to myself to remind myself of things. Four? That's uh, cute. Uh, you were at, I'm going to go with, uh, because you're such a good boss, but you're very busy, seven. <laughs> the number seven <laughs> and the number four are in there. <laughs> uh, but there's more than that. Make an honest guess of, of the, of the badge. Uh, you're talking 117. You're talking about the little red badge on top of the mail app, right? Yeah. 417. 417. Is that an honest guess or are you lowballing uh, on me? An honest guess. 31,714. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's impressive. I want so my, wow, cuz I actually went through cuz Miss Squeezer yelled at me cuz it bothered her so much. My personable one, my Gmail one, I'm at 1,613. <laughs> my my Yahoo one though that I don't really use that you send me a lot of stuff to and then mm-hmm. I go I never got that is probably yeah somewhere in like the 3 4,000s cuz that's just if I have to sign up for something. 31,714. Wow. And I've cleared, like every like two years, I'll clear it. <laughs> like I'll go on and go mark all his red. Is that warm bodies looking for work? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. A little <laughs> bit of everything. Uh, just have a uh, stupid Ian read your emails. Oh, God, no. They're better off not being read than having him read them. (laughs) Actually, i got to figure out what those four are. That bothers me now. So, uh, you watched this tree lighting, and you said you didn't like it. But was there ever a point in your life you did like it? Uh, I like... it, It seems like that's something that would be enjoyable in person. Maybe. Although, maybe not in New York. Like, in a small... Like, when we would go to, like, Emmaus or something like that, and, like, Mrs. Squeezer and I, when we were, you know, uh, courting. Every every time I've been at a tree lining, and I've been to the Rockefeller one, it is the Mm. most anticlimactic thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It is. But Emmaus, they don't have an open uh, bottle uh, policy, so you can drink while you're there. Um... Yeah, well, New York does, but, I mean, try to find someone enforcing it. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, but it, it already looked like, in 98, they already had that, like, modern New Year's vibe, and it's just people standing behind a guardrail. Also. I'm like, it doesn't look like fun. Also, uh, Emmaus probably does, but just like Allentown during St. Patrick's Day, they just don't enforce it. Oh, no, my understanding is they don't. Because, like, they, the community, like, openly, like, has like a martini bar in the fountain. Oh, see, not even, uh, not even Las Vegas. Like, like people mistakenly think Las Vegas doesn't have an open container law. Ah, but they do. It, it's just not enforced unless they have to. Ah, gotcha. Like when you're just you're trashed. And yeah, it's a reason far. to arrest yeah. you. Well, open container. Yeah, it's because the people selling them that alcohol. Um... Same with like Atlantic City. Kid, now. I own the police. All right, uh, are we prepared to move on to uh, my first pick? Sure. All right, I have to. So I'm not sure what promo I should go with. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go. This is a promo for for two of my picks, but it's not only the the. the I'm only gonna talk about one of them in this. In this, if that makes sense. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. 
Tuesday, don't get left out in the cold. Let Bugs Bunny and all his crazy friends light up your holidays with Bugs Bunny's Looney Christmas Tales, Tuesday. That's all, folks. Wednesday, two best-loved Christmas classics. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? The Peanuts Gang searching for the true holiday spirit on a Charlie Brown Christmas. You're then is Santa's Day up for grabs? I must stop Christmas. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Wednesday. So, uh, I'm talking about Charlie Brown's... So, I'm going to go all the standards here, Squeezer. I'm going Charlie Brown's Christmas. And I read this article the other day, and I can't find it. Um, and it was like talking about a depressing... Uh, a, a Christmas special that's really depressing. And it was talking about Charlie Brown's Christmas. It was a good article. And I can't fucking find it, because it didn't have like Charlie Brown in the title. Uh, but I found one that's uh, from the Federalist, which might be a uh, yeah. This might be a QAnon site. <laughs> it says at the top, "Be lovers of freedom and anxious for the fray." Um. Well, your IP address is in someone's book now. Uh, but it says. Are we doomed like Charlie Brown to wander in search of a fading Christmas meaning? It's just in the beginning of so I watched I watched it the other night on Apple TV because um, it's not on broadcast this year, Squeezer, at all. Hmm. But you can still watch it for oh, free. it's yeah, you still watch it for free. Uh, Apple TV is letting you watch it for free, uh, December twenty second through December twenty fifth. If you're not a subscriber, if you are a subscriber, you can go watch. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas right now, Squeeze. Hmm. Which I did the other night. And it is... So I love the music from it. And the music is even kind of depressing. Um, I know, in a weird way. Uh, and it debuted uh, December 9th, 1965. So, like, this is something our parents grew up watching. We grew up watching. And now our, uh, the, our children are growing up watching. Right? Your kids like it? Uh... I don't. I don't know if we've. No, it doesn't hold their attention. No. No, and I, Mrs. Squeezer doesn't help because she hates it. She hates it. Yeah. Why does she hate it? Uh, any anything Charlie Brown. Oh, so she didn't like Camp Bessian. No, she thought that was adorable because uh, that had nothing to do with Charlie Brown. Uh, what doesn't she like about Charlie Brown? I, I don't know. One of my favorite lines in in the in the show, Charlie Brown Christmas, is right in the beginning when Charlie's bitching about, I'm not happy, I'm not excited for Christmas. And I get it. I can relate with it. Like, I am this year excited for Christmas. I'm excited for uh, our Christmas party. I'm excited for Chris, seeing my family and Chris, you know, opening presents with Enchantress and Christmas. But, like, there's been times where I'm, I felt like Charlie Brown. Um... But the line right before they're going skating because he's whining and bitching, and Linus just goes, "Gee, uh, Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, maybe it is that. Maybe it's the the bitching. Um, I wish I could find that fucking article. I'll, I'll get an answer there. All right. Maybe that. Maybe that's her. Cause you know she's such a. Goody two shoes, uh, maybe that was her rebellion, cause like, it's like Christmas and you know, like you said, like 
her parents would be like, oh, it's Charlie Brown. And she's like, you know what? I don't like Charlie Brown. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You know, that kind of thing. Right. I just, Charlie Brown was just so, like, and this came out in 65, but it, there was so much of it in the 80s. It, like, yeah. Like, every, and they, like, I feel like over the holidays, they played all the Charlie Brown specials. Yeah. Oh, it was every, like, it was your entire fall. Between like Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, yep. like it was everywhere. And I think why I have such a warm place in my heart for it is, I ha- really remember watching it over and over in school. Yeah, Especially, like the, the Thanksgiving ones. I don't. The, I, uh, I see. I never saw Brown. the Thanksgiving one till later. I mean, and even the Halloween one, not really. But the Christmas one was yearly watching. Mm-hmm. And I, I like we saw like the the come home Snoopy, um, you know a couple of the others, uh, just because they're on TV, and what yeah. if a cartoon the seasonal ones are the ones that a like, cartoons on. You know this was uh this was commissioned by Coca Cola the special. Oh, those I, bastards! I guess I guess they Char- invented Christmas as we know it. Yeah, I know Charlie Brown the Peanuts comic strip. Became really pop. See, I wonder why they call it Charlie Brown Christmas and not a Peanuts Christmas. I wonder if that had something to do with Coke. Let's see. Um, in the special, Charlie Brown finds himself depressed despite the onset of a cheerful holiday season. Lucy suggests... Oh, see, I, you know why I like this? I, when I was watching it the other day, I relate with uh, Charlie Brown. You must li- respect your director. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's Lucy makes him direct the Christmas play, and then he gets um, his best efforts are ignored and mocked by his peers. Again, I really, I really, <laughs> I really can relate to this. Um, uh, then he goes to get a, a Christmas tree, and it's all the 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 metal ones. You know, it was it was a, a very much a product of the '60s because you know now it's all uh, you know fake ones that look real ish. But he gets the little scrawny guy, and they're like, "This tree is a piece of shit, Charlie Brown." <laughs> uh, but then they all fix it. Somehow they make it look fine with all of Snoopy's shit. He wins first place, and money, money, money. You know. Um. So the special was commissioned and sponsored by the Coca-Cola Company. Was written over a period of several weeks and produced on a small budget in six months. In casting the characters, the producers took an unconventional route, hiring child actors. The program soundtrack was similarly unorthodox, featuring a jazz score by pianist Vincent Giraldi, I think is how you say it. Its lack of a laugh track, a staple in U.S. television animation in this period, in addition to its tone, pacing, music, and animation, led both the producers and the network to predict the project would be a disaster. However, contrary to the collective apprehension squeezer, a Charlie Brown Christmas received high ratings and acclaim from critics. It's been honored with an Emmy and a Peabody Award and became an annual presentation in the United States, airing on broadcast television during the Christmas season. It's paved the way for a series of Peanuts television specials and films. Its jazz soundtrack achieved commercial success, selling 5 million copies in the U.S. Live theatrical versions of a Charlie Brown Christmas have been staged? <laughs> What the fuck? Hmm. 
Charlie Brown. He goes to see the, the psychiatrist. She rattles off all the things he could be afraid of. That's another good, good uh, part. It's crazy how like they just, you know, did this six months. Was that the Christmas one? Is that when Snoopy cooks pizza? No. Which was the one where he was making pizza? He's eating the bones. That he has like a big stack of bones, and he's eating those. Mm-hmm. But he's cooking in the Thanksgiving one. He makes the the toast, the jelly beans, and the popcorn. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the one where he, there's the whole pizza baking sequence. Snoopy makes pizza. Uh. I don't know. I see. I see him with pizza, but oh, what a nightmare, Charlie Brown! So, uh, what a maybe. nightmare, Charlie Brown is a 17th primetime animated TV special. It aired February 23rd, 1978, at 8 p.m. on CBS. The special is unusual in that Snoopy and Charlie Brown are the only members of the Peanuts cast to appear in it. The plot is similar to Jack London's Call of the Wild as it centers on Snoopy having a nightmare about being an Arctic sled dog. Yes. I do. Yes. Maybe I blend the two because if it's one of those that kind of runs along, you know, you said they're always running Peanuts shows like in Mm -hmm. the season and they'll like mix them together. Mm -hmm. Like I had I remember watching this. The mixed plot. in with all the others. One you know? winter day, Charlie Brown is trying to pretend to be a musher with Snoopy, but the dog has other ideas and gets Charlie Brown to pull while he has fun riding in the sled. Yep. When night comes and they are comfortably indoors, Charlie Brown is indignant that Snoopy is adjusting too well to home life, reminding Snoopy of the facts that Arctic dogs are only fed once a day, their meals largely consist of cold meat and raw fish, to which Snoopy blanches and gives a look that's too bad for them, and coming to the conclusion that Snoopy is an over-civilized, underly dogified dog. Snoopy makes a sumptuous dinner of five pizzas and a milkshake. <laughs> See, that's why I already remember it. Yeah, I love this episode. To which Charlie Brown retorts he hopes Snoopy can digest all that food. Snoopy then falls asleep atop his doghouse, but when he wakes up, finds himself in a polar region, to which he's made a sled dog for the Iditarod Trail sled dog race in Alaska, presumably during the Klondike Gold Rush or the 1925 Serum Run to Nome. This seems like it's dark. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I love that one. I never saw this one. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's uh, that pizza milkshake sequence is possibly my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, that was my first pick for. T- I mean, come on, Charlie Brown Christmas. It doesn't get any better than that. Squeezer, your pick number two. This holiday, Rocco's wishing for some Christmas cheer. All he needs is a little snow. 
A big turnout for his party. I will ruin Rocco's party. And maybe an elf or two. You must know where to find Christmas cheer. What do you mean? Will Rocco get his Christmas wish? This is going to be the best Christmas ever. Find out on the world premiere special, Rocco's Modern Christmas, Thursday at 7.30, 6.30 Central, only on Nickelodeon. Insurrecting with the rad ears. <laughs> uh, Rocco's Modern Christmas. God, this, this show came out at just the right time for us. I was uh, what, a 10, 11 years old. What? When did um, it come out? Well, this one no. was... What's that? Rocco's Modern Life in general. Uh, I want to say like 93, 94. I thought it was later for some reason. Yeah. No. Yeah. 93? Yeah, so, and in 96? Yeah, this was uh, season two, episode six of season two, I think, is the uh, the Christmas one. And it's uh, it's a very, very Rocco <laughs> kind of... It's hard to talk about uh, Rocco. <laughs> yeah. Um, But he's like, he, he does kind of have those Charlie Brown characteristics. Um. But maybe more, a little more positive spin. He has a more, uh, a little happier outlook, but he still ends up in that, uh, <coughs> I don't know. like, I could see Charlie Brown throwing a Christmas party and no one showing up either because his neighbor convinced everyone that the uh, elf in his house has toe fungus. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Rocco uh, looks around and sees, like, there's no more Christmas spirit. So his idea is he is going to throw a Christmas party. I'm not going to MacGyver this, I promise. Sorry, I pulled uh, a, I, from my RSV squeezer, my coffin, yeah. I pulled a muscle in my peck, and it Ooh. it hurts like hell. And they're, they're big pecs, too. Mm, not really. <laughs> no. no. Uh, Dougie joked I, uh, me that he's like, you had a muscle? I'm like, now I have two because it tore. <laughs> I actually, I am still in quite a bit of pain, and especially when I wake up in the morning, because um, one of the, the little squeeze that asked about, I might even talk about this last week, because it still hurts that long, um, about doing a pull-up. So I uh, showed her, I'm like, yes, this is how you do a pull-up. And in the process of, like, number three or something, she kind of, like, tried to, like, climb underneath me, so it kind of, like, twisted and I felt everything from like my right ear down my neck and across my shoulders and down my arms just kind of go. And now like I can't turn my head more than like 45 degrees. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah, I, I, I didn't notice like today. You seem fine. Oh, yeah. Well, I kind of it, it's in the morning when I wake You're up. You're so and it's, manly. Like, stiff, it takes a lot of time. To, it takes some time to loosen up, you know. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Mr. Bighead in the process of trying to get laid, uh, ruins, uh, Rocco's party because Mrs. Bighead was going to go to it. That, um, so Rocco befriends, uh, an elf at the mall and saves him. And, uh, Mr. Bighead tells Philbert that elves possess uh, a toe fungus in which Philbert breaks into hives tells everyone else everyone else calls around town and they cancel the party and the only one left to show up is the elf and so it's just the two of them and Rocco reads them the night before Christmas and Rocco falls asleep in the chair and then the elf 
realizes that the true meaning of Christmas is love and then sends a love heart up to the uh, cloud in the sky that hasn't been unable to shit snow. And then the uh, heart jostles its uh, snow inside and the cloud begins to snow all over Rocco's house and everyone shows up Christmas morning and celebrates with Rocco. No. Yeah, it's a very, very Rocco kind of, it's the perfect thing for Rocco. Well, from so Australia. It's, it's eh? sweet. Yeah, it's sweet and at the same time, uh, gross. Um, and also, like, uncomfortable. Like, Rocco just not having, like, social skills. Is, maybe that's why I related to him so much. He was short. He sounded funny. He didn't know how to talk to people. Um, friends didn't want to come to his party. Yeah. It's like Rocco. I get it. Like like our Rocco, or? No, this Rocco. This I have Rocco. more in common with an animated wallaby than our Rocco. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems like, yeah, 36, other than the Simpsons, who literally started off their show uh, with a Christmas episode, like the second season is when you start like, all right, it's time for a Christmas episode now. But you don't think you want to get all your ideas out in the first season. The second season is what are we doing? Like, well, yeah, we can like, do it oh, Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, da, da, da. trying to see if there's any. But yeah, it's a very, very fun, very fun. I'm trying to decide when they'll be old enough to watch Rocco. They already think butts and farts are funny, so they're well on their way. Mm. Butts and farts are funny. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for not MacGyvering this one. No problem. It was a quick MacGyvering. It, it was, yeah. It was a quick show, quick episode. Yeah. All right, um, I got a uh, a little promo here for you, everybody. Everybody, everybody. Um, I think this is. They're all short. These like uh, uh promos they wear. You know, they're never like um thirty seconds. So just. You know, bear with me. Right? Here's a pro- here's a mm-hmm. go- here's a goddamn promo. Goddamn. Gather the family for an enchanting holiday classic. It's the all-time favorite, Frosty the Snowman. A CBS holiday special next. So, uh, Frosty the Snowman, Squeezer, produced mm-hmm. by um, uh, Rankin and Bass, the same people who did Rudolph. This is all animated, though, not. Stop motion animated. It's traditional animation. This will air on um, November twenty fifth. Squeezer. So y'all missed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't. That's fine. You can run it on like Thanksgiving, but uh, the Black Friday. Friday. Hmm. It was Black Friday. Oh. So back in the day, see they all run like Rudolph aired. Well, I'm gonna talk about. No, uh, I don't have Rudolph on my list. Maybe I'll add it. Rudolph talked was on November 29th. 
the hell? Like, people aren't ready for, like, they're not thinking yet. Right. Like, Christmas shows. So, it aired. I have a, a uh, 1993, December 4th through 10th, holiday viewing guide, TV guide here. Um, and it looks like it aired... December 6th, I think. Yeah. Yeah, December 6th on CBS. Narrated by the divine Jimmy Durante. Um, I... This this special's wait, wait. weird. This December 6th? No, in 1993 it aired. December oh, 1993. 6th. That's, I was confused. Also, I, calendars. I I realized tonight when we saw we were watching um uh Christmas Vacation Squeezer our our podcast schedules on the Christmas Vacation Advent Calendar schedule. They open the first one on the seventh, the next one on the fourteenth, which is tonight, and mm. before the last one before Christmas Eve, they open is the twenty first, which is next week's live Christmas Vacation watch along. Ah, oh, we can sync it up like Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> kind of, but no, not really. Oh. <clears throat> this was also made in, in the 60s, but 69 Squeezer. Like I said, hmm. Rankin and Bass. Um, it aired, CBS was like the, the station these all aired on back in the day. Uh, it, it aired immediately after the fourth showing of Christmas, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Like they ran it like four times straight. No, no, or like the fourth, fourth year of it, fourth year of it showing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. it only aired once a year. That's how they did it back in the day. Yeah, yeah, you, you had the it was appointment television. Yeah. Oh, we had the we had it on tape, of course. We well, for us as kids, over. but in 1969, I don't think a lot of oh. people had no, no. VCRs. Uh, it was the last featured the last the last film role of Jimmy Durante. The film's narrator. That's their Frosty the Snowman, and he's walking this. I'm not going on Australian. It's, not, it's uh, <laughs> but happy birthday! Hey, hi kids. Are you gonna come up with me and get all? I keep going on Australian. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. It's because the Rocco talk. Yeah. He's like, well, you want to ride to the North Pole with me? <laughs> That's uh, British. I can't do it. <laughs> Again, I have to watch it and and uh, and really, I don't know. For the the anyway, uh, it's like barely a Christmas special though. Frosty the Snowman, more like a winter special, and the song's more of a winter special. Yeah, a winter song, but is like what? What about Frosty the Snowman? The song is, and then what came first, the snowman, the song, or the the special? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I want to say the song, but that seems like one of those things where it's old enough that, yeah, like to us, where it did come out with. Uh... It the song came first. Okay. The song was re- well, not by much though. Nineteen fifty, the song came out. Written by Walter Jack Rollins and Steve Nelson, recorded by first recorded by Gene Autry. 
Hmm. Um, it was written after the success of Autry's recording of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer the previous year. So what year was? 1969 like, was a cartoon. 1950, yeah. the song came out. 50 was the song. Well, I'm surprised it even took that long. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, kind of like when, like, like, have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Like, you assume, like, it's, like, from, like, the 1800s kind of thing. And that it wasn't written for, you know, a, a movie mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with Christmas, really. Yeah, you you told us you learned us that on the show right here. I learned about it. Like I I don't know how I even came across it. What's, what? But yeah, it was in, meet me in St. Louis. Meet me in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Did you ever see Frosty Returns, the sequel to the original? Yeah. Song, John Goodman's Frosty the Snowman. I did not know that. Frosty Returns is a 1992 animated American Christmas television special featuring the voices of Jonathan Winters as a narrator and John Goodman as Frosty the Snowman. The special was directed by Bill Melendez, who did all those peanut specials. Hmm. Um, music by Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Mark Mothersbaugh did all the scores for those early Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, I have to go and rewatch. Yeah, this, I gotta rewatch I this one too. As a kid, I did not like it. I know I don't remember ever watching it, so I pro- oh, Lord Michaels was the executive producer. What? Brian Doyle Murray's in it. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray, Elizabeth Moss. What the? Uh, the Elizabeth... How old was she in that? Yeah, she must have been. I mean, because she was what's his name's daughter, Bartlett's daughter, right? Yeah, she was, was born. It? She's already. She is. She is. Two weeks younger than me. Yeah, so she was ten when she. Yeah. That has to be one of her earlier roles then, because. Jan Hooks is in it from Saturday Night Live, who's hysterical. Uh, this must have been an SNL kind of ish production, because Lauren Michaels. Yeah, and even having John Goodman on too is you know very. Contrary to its title and consistent pairing with the 1969 Frosty the Snowman special, the two were produced by different companies. Rankin and Bass produced the original, and this special was made by Lauren Michaels Broadway Video, with help from longtime Peanuts director Bill Melendez for CBS. The Frosty Returns makes no effort to establish itself in the 1969 special's fictional universe using different characters, settings, and voice actors. Because of Michaels' involvement, most of the cast consisted of sketch comedians from Michael's other shows. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, her first role was uh, she w- played the uh, little girl. She was an extra in uh, Suburban Commando. Oh. Yeah, look at that. Let me tell you something, brother. All right, well, yeah, Frosty the Snowman. There's a little something you didn't know about it, Squeezer. We're on your hmm. third pick. Doop. Santa, must be Santa, must be Santa, Santa. 
What the fuck is this? Ah, uh, it's not Santa. It's Goofy. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could have fooled me. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh, it was really awkward too, because they're all singing and dancing in front of the the, the castle, and uh, there's these really giant, awkward white reindeer behind the dancers like playing instruments it's kind of trippy uh and so there is a like 40 some second segment out of this hour and a half disney commercial uh that would run uh initially it ran on cbs until 96 when abc of course uh got (laughs) devoured by the evil empire and then it it found its way there Mm -hmm. um that was a weird slurping noise you just made there that's what Disney does. Mm. <laughs> like you eating clams? Like me eating clams, yes. Yes, and ABC, uh, Marvel, ESPN, they're all just little clams. Um, yes, this is from the 1993 uh, Christmas Parade. The uh, Walt Disney... So it was two parades, actually. It was... <laughs> The Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, the Very Merry Christmas Parade, and the Disney MGM Studios Aladdin Royal Caravan. What the um, fuck? What, what? What the kind of what kind of shit did you watch going on? <laughs> it was uh, live TV. It was, uh, we we didn't really watch it. We would tape this sometimes because there was like Christmas, like right. we'd put like. My dad would put like a Perry Como, uh, Perry Como Christmas on like CD or some shit. Like the TV never came on on Christmas. Okay. Um. So we would, like we would tape it and then watch it later because it actually ran. Uh, and for the earliest point, the eighties and early nineties, it actually ran live. Uh, on Christmas Day. Jeez Louise. Um. They actually pre-taped it in advance. Uh, for international airings, um, and then also as a backup in case like the weather shit the bed on Christmas Day. But the one that you would watch most likely, unless like the weather is bad, Christmas Day was the live version of it. And then now, starting in like the two thousand, like that, they started pre-recording it even in like November. Um, and it's like it's the parade and shows that go on there all season long. They just tape them. And then it airs, um, and you get an hour plus uh, Disney commercial at it this year, uh, nineteen ninety three, hosted by Regis Philbin and Joan London, uh, with special guest uh, Robbie Benson. He, he was the voice of the Beast. Oh, yeah. And, you mean from X Men? Uh, Bill Nye. From X Men, you said the Beast. No, the from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, they mean to let you down. I uh, and, thought and that's what you're talking about. I forgot. They, about they, that did, other they didn't beast. own that yet. Oh. Uh, and uh, Bill Nye, 
who, uh, of course, was hanging out in Epcot, and they would throw it to him occasionally, and he would push all the new shit because they had, like, refurbished Epcot. Uh, coming up in, like, 94 was going to be a big year. And he actually talked about, and he shows the... Uh, uh, he didn't call them VR, but like the VR goggles that they had there that you could try out. I'm like, I remember those are the ones that like I was, I don't, <clears throat> they weren't necessarily the ones he had on. The ones I had on were much clunkier. Um, but, uh, uh, and then, oh, a video phone he was showing off. Um, what are they, oh, an electric toothbrush. Uh, oh, one of those thermometers that you could stick in your ear. That was apparently the future back then. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's actually uh, it's a fun watch because it's very dated. Um, a Barbie made an appearance because I guess Disney bought up the rights to Barbie for the time being, or they had a partnership. Okay. Um, and she was there, uh, and she even had a mic. They were crazy enough. They they gave some rando Barbie actress a mic, and she talked to. Regis and Joan. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was kind of awkward. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was fun. There's the dancing shtick. It's clearly like. <laughs> I feel like the whole Barbie thing is like Dennis Duffy and the Stanley Cup tackling illiteracy. Bobby Howard Stern rules. Uh, my. Uh... My my sister was very excited for it, um, but I I, I don't I, e- I didn't even know like I know knew this existed. Honest to be honest yeah, with you, we, we we would we would tape them and then go back and watch, and then my dad would like tape over it with like a NASCAR race, and we'd be all heartbroken. <coughs> um, now you yeah. guys, this was post going to Disney World. Does that have anything to do with Disney World? Yeah, yeah, everything to do with it. It was a commercial for it. Okay, so but you guys This might w- even have be a reason why we went. Well, you, did you go Yeah, I was asking, did you go pre or post this? Uh, we went well, both cuz we went in like 87 or 88 we went. Uh and then we went again in 96. So we went after this particular parade. We had like no association. We went in 92, my dad took us. Mm-hmm. Didn't care for it. Never asked to go back. <laughs> um, yeah, Disney World just wasn't our thing. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, <sighs> yeah. I think you're getting swindled, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm very surly about your trip. <laughs> I don't know why it angers you so much. The money, when you told me that is... Yeah, well, that's my children's happiness. That's what cost me. my mind. Oh, I guess I just grew up with. Listen. And that's that's base. Like that is not a lot. Of oh no, I base. know you're going to be spending more than that. That's just to get down there. No, no, I I added in like meals and I budgeted in a little bit of extra there. But what I'm saying is, a lot of people go much farther beyond what we're doing. You're gonna drop at least like 500 in tchotchkes. Oh, a day. Yeah. <laughs> day <laughs> uh, um i mean for my parents allowing us to rent a video game you know to play on our game boy on the way to our cheap stay in one motel room on at the beach for a two-day vacation was like splurging mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could do that too. They they weren't like the let's spend money on experiences people, <laughs> you know? They're this like is go first, experience uh, the backyard. Yeah. This is their first like real ever vacation. So uh apparently because I guess like camping doesn't count. And uh they got to stay in a hotel in DC for like two days while I dragged them around museums. So this is the first vacation they'll like. Hmm. They fucking better like. I always liked the beach. We only went for like three days, but I liked it. Two yeah, nights, I think three we're gonna days. try that this summer. We went we took we did a day at the beach and they enjoyed it, so just gotta find a beach without a boardwalk. Why not? Boardwalk's the best part. Yeah, but when beaches don't have boardwalks, it's free. <laughs> um. All right. Um. What are you talking? You talking about this Disney thing anymore? About it? Oh no, you can move on. Uh, but yeah, apparently, uh, it's been it's still going on. The only years that they since 1983, and the only years they didn't do it was uh. Well, uh, 2000 and, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2020, of course, and, uh, oh, 2000. They didn't do it. I don't know why they didn't do it in 2000. Why 2K? Oh, maybe. Anyway, here is. Yeah, they didn't want all those animatronic things going like, uh, you know, Westworld on them. Westworld, you mean. Uh, itchy and scratchy itchy and land. Scratchy land. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, those fuckers at uh, HBO is going to shit. Yeah, they're taking uh, Westworld off of HBO Max. Yeah, bastards. Also, they don't have to pay residuals. No, it's not owned by them for some reason. Oh really? I was reading. It's owned by someone else. Huh. It's produced by. Some... Oh, sorry. I started playing my clip too early. It was produced by someone else. Anyway. My next clip. Thursday night on TBS. You're a bad banana with a greasy black Ah, so let me read from you from the TV guide squeezer. Uh, so their section is holiday viewing gar gar uh, guide. I can't fucking talk tonight. Tis the season to watch TV, uh, and it starts with in the twelfth month of ninety three. My TV gave to me twenty one specials, singing nine tunes, up playing four Christmas carols. Well, you get the idea. Mm -hmm. And they have this article written about uh, the Grinch that stole Christmas. How the Grinch stole Christmas. <clears throat> I guess in the 90s, this was owned by Turner because of who produced it, like Chuck Jones. Uh, it must have been part of when he bought like MGM and United Artists and got like all this Hanna-Barbera shit. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas aired on TBS December 12th and 20th and TNT December 9th, 15th and 19th. How the Grinch Stole Christmas has been a holiday favorite since 1966. But a grouchy author and Grinchy sponsors almost kept it off the air. Chuck Jones, director of many Bugs Bunny's funniest escapades, first met Ted Geisel, a.k.a. Grinch author Dr. Seuss, when two collaborated on animated World War II training films. That's nuts, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to sneeze. 
<coughs> Ow. Bless you. Are you okay? It hurts that torn muscle. Ooh, ow. Yeah. Oh, uh. that peck. Uh, when Jones suggested TV, uh, a TV special to his own army buddy in 1965, Ted said he didn't trust Hollywood. I said, this isn't Hollywood. This is me. So we decided on the Grinch. But Dr. Seuss was only the first hurdle. Jones recalled submitting the storyboards 25 times before finding a sponsor for this expensive special. It was the foundation of commercial banks, which surprised me because the show had the line, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. <laughs> the, to voice the Grinch, Jones chose 79-year-old Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> His voice was like a musical instrument. The network didn't want him, but I insisted. Still making cartoons today at age 81. This is in 93. He's long past. Jones says the unique thing about the Grinch is the thing it didn't have anything is the, oh, sorry I can't read. The unique thing about the Grinch is that it didn't have anything to do with religion. It was just about people loving each other and the idea that Christmas would come no matter what happened. Yeah. Then there's an ad for Duncan Hines cookie mix on the back side of this Ooh. TV guide from 1993. <laughs> um, okay, so The Grinch started as a book by Dr. Seuss, and a lot of people think that The Grinch was him writing about himself. Um, some writers, including Dr. Seuss, have made a connection between The Grinch and Dr. Seuss. In the story, The Grinch laments that he had to put up with the Who celebration of Christmas for 53 years. As both Thomas Finch and Charles Cohen note, Dr. Seuss was 53 when he wrote and published the book. Dr. Seuss asserted the connection in an article in a 1957 edition of Red Book. I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of the last December when I noticed a very Grinchish countenance uh, in the mirror. C-O- countenance? Countenance, yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. I've heard people say it, though. Look up countenance. I don't even know how to. You'd have to. A spell person's it again. face or facial expression. Could have just said that. Yeah. Uh, in the mirror, he's an author. It, it was so Seuss. So I wrote about my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that obviously I had lost. Seuss's stepdaughter, Lark Diamond Kate, stated in a nineteen uh, in a speech in two thousand three. I always thought the cat was Ted on his good days, and the Grinch was Ted on his bad days. Cohen notes that Seuss drove a car with a license plate that read Grinch. Thomas Finch notes the Grinch is the first adult and the first villain to be a main character in a Dr. Seuss book. Then, in 1966, another 60s Christmas commercial that we still watch to this day, uh, Chuck Jones directed and co-produced... Um, the Grinch that sold Christmas. Um, and I, I just watched it the other night, and I like it. It's uh, and I we saw at the drive-in the Jim Carrey uh, live-action movie, mm-hmm. and I never saw it before, and I was surprised about how they completely like redid the story to make it longer. Yeah, and I like, and it. they make it work. Yeah, it does work. Yeah, I was all it was. I never saw it until last christmas 
when the uh, the kids wanted to watch it. And I'm like, oh, I I didn't, I honestly didn't, wasn't gonna give it any credibility because I'm like, uh, how? It's a 28 minute cartoon. I have or not 22 minute cartoon and uh, seen. I have not seen the Benedict Cumberbunch Grinch, directed by Uber producer Scott Mosier. Mm-hmm. I should see that, uh, but um. You know the the Illumination 3D animated one. Yeah. No, I never. I haven't. I don't even know where to see it. Uh, I just rent it off. The... Oh yeah. Uh, and then did you know they did a unauthorized horror parody of The Grinch? I heard. <laughs> you did. Yeah. From where? Well, it was on the internet. Oh. Yeah, it came out this year. The mean one, a 2022 American Christmas slasher film directed by Stephen Lamorte and written by Flip and Finn Kobler. It's a horror parody of The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Yeah, they, uh, from what I read, they said it just uh, lacked uh, inspiration. Yeah, well, in the sleepy mountain town of Newville, young Cindy, you know who, witnessed her murder, her mother murdered by the mean one. A bloodthirsty green green screen green skinned creature dressed in a red Santa suit. Twenty years later, Cindy and her father return to the town at the suggestion of Cindy's therapist. But the ravenous monster soon begins to terrorize the town and threatens to ruin the holidays. Cindy Cindy finds new purpose in stopping and killing the beast. I wonder if there's a trailer for this shit. Uh, yep. Mean one trailer. It made $301,000 at the box office. Ah, good for them. I'm sure that was... Profitable. I mean, it's... They didn't spend any money on marketing. You just let the news pick up on it, because kind of piggybacking off of Winnie the Pooh. Is that what Remember this is? that story about Cindy you-know-who. When her Christmas was stolen, she knew what to do. Why, Santa Claus? Why? But what if I said <sighs> that's <sighs> not how it went down? Monster! You gonna be okay? Because we can turn around right now. No. That poor girl. Her mother was killed. Her mind snapped. Did you ever find the Christmas killer? Never got a reliable description of the man. Dad? Dad! He's out there! First the Christmas, Christmas killer is back. This time now he's back for blood. Through another Christmas killer thing. <laughs> Not again. Us folks down in Newville, we liked Christmas a lot. But that thing that lives just north of Newville does not. What is it? The mean Did he just throw some little Susie and... Oh, training loose. montage. He's a mean one, that mister. Yeah, training montage. Gun. to roast this beast. Roast this beast. Roast beast. Bat with Christmas lights on it, because why not? A uh, shotgun painted like a candy cane. Handgun painted like a candy cane. 
See, and then at the end of it, it shows Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey trailer and Violent Night trailer. Violent Night was not a horror movie. That's, I think that's the problem. Everyone thinks it's a horror movie. The best description I saw of Violent Night was from BuzzFeed. It says it's like Die Hard mixed with Miracle on 34th Street. That's a really, those are two really good movies. And that's exactly what it is. Hmm. Anyway, Grinch, that's still Christmas. Squeezer. We are now on to your fourth pick. Here it is. Deck the dump with boughs of holly. Ha. La 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 la. Here you go, Willie. Hang the holly. <laughs> Where'd you find this holly? Out back. Oh, I like your sweater. Well, thank you. It's the Perry Como look. <laughs> it's stunning. You know, it looks a little bit like... It is. It's the Christmas present I bought for Willie. Oh, take off the sweater. What are you doing with it? Wearing it. I looked pretty silly in your new robe. Honey, did you get me a robe? Apparently. What do you mean, apparently? It's right in that box next to Brian's bicycle. I get a bike for Christmas? Oh, boy! Oh, Alf. In a situational comedy. Yeah, and fortunately, this is the funniest segment in the entire episode because the rest of it gets really dark and really sad and puts all dogs go to heaven to shame. Um, But it goes on, too, where uh, they realize that Alf... uh, took all their Christmas gifts and relabeled them everything from him, explained that he can't go shopping, so he just stole their gifts and regave them back to them. Hmm. And also that the uh, holly that he brought in that Willie was rubbing on his face for some reason was poison oak. So, yes. All in good fun. Uh, this is a very strange episode. It was a, a two-part Christmas special uh, from 1987, and it was shot single-camera. Uh, on film, uh, on location. So it wasn't in the Tanner house. It wasn't shot in your typical sitcom style. Uh, this was basically a mini ALF film. Um, and it's very sad. It is the saddest thing on uh, both Earth and Melmac. Um, it, it's got all the, the Christmas feels and whatnot. And it was kind of... Uh, Paul Fusco got a, a letter. There was this um, a little girl who uh, oh, what was her name? Sorry, uh, I feel like uh, Cindy. You know who? No, not Cindy. Is Tiffany? Yes, this little girl named Tiffany. Uh, back then was a huge Alf fan. The real Tiffany. Uh huge ALF fan, and she had uh, leukemia. And her last wish was to meet ALF. And so they did a thing where ALF, like the equivalent of a Zoom call back then, got on the TV, and she got to, like, talk to ALF. And, uh, you know, it it inspired him to write this episode uh, in which (coughs) ALF ends up at a hospital and she initially thinks he's a stuffed animal, and then when he finds out that she's sick, he reveals himself uh, to her to be Alf, and they become friends, and he comforts her. 
Uh, she's played by uh, a girl that was on Little House in the Prairie. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Alf also then uh, befriends a a gentleman, uh, uh, the guy that played the the sheriff in uh, Blazing Saddles. He's in it, and he a black is, sheriff. Uh, yeah. Why not? Worked in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> uh he got a uh, uh, bad news that his wife was going to pass. I, I believe it was also cancer, and he is going to jump. And it's a scene very uh, reminiscent of uh, uh, what the hell's the one with the angels and their bells? The one that's in Christmas Vacation. That one. What? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. No. What? Uh, the the one where the guy wants to die. The old one. Oh, uh, Wonderful Life. Wonderful life, thank you. Jeez, ah. I I need you when I go dumb, <laughs> um, which is pretty often. Um, and so Alf, uh, comes out of his quote unquote hiding, being a stuffed animal, and uh, pretends to be Santa Claus, and convinces him uh not to not to jump because he does a lot of good in life. He like plays Santa. And well, he meets him because he, you know, takes uh, presents to the ho- sick kids at the hospital and all that. So uh, he saves him, uh, but then it, it ends with Alf getting in the car and the little girl just looking out the window as Alf drives away. And then uh, it ends with uh, 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 the, a date, time and date for Tiffany from like 1979 to 1987 and just rips your heart out. Um, but I, I don't know. They were told like when they were allowed to do this Christmas episode, like they were expecting pushback. Like they, they like did this, the episode and like took it to the network and were like, they're expecting all these notes and like, okay, but can we have a, a happier ending where Tiffany's better in the end? And, you know, and they got nothing. They're like, do it, go with it, which they were quite surprised. Um, but yeah, it's a heartbreaking, a heartbreaking episode of Alf. Of Alf. But uh, yeah, it actually, it actually Christmas is all about. Like, if you watch the final episode and you cry, go back and watch the Christmas episode from season two, and it'll actually make you feel better. Um. All right, where are we at? Uh, your next pick. Who went first, anyway? You did. I go first? Yeah. I went first. Well, what is my next pick? Oh. So, I wasn't sure what I was going to do here. So, I'm going to do... I just watched the other night. I'm going to do... Because uh, it's in this TV guide, so it aired on TV. Uh, I'll do this. If I could fucking find it. Frank Cross is a man of true vanity, whose specialty is inhumanity. He's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Then he saw three real ghosts. Now, what scares him the most? Find the ghost of Christmas prison. Is the chance that he's losing his sanity. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. Bill Murray, Scrooged, rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 23rd at theaters everywhere. 
I love this movie so much. Dick Donner. Is there anyone better than than him except for the fucking uh, except for the the fuck was that uh, timeline movie? He really fucking screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, I haven't seen. I gotta watch that now. Oh, because you finished the book on tape, right? I did finish the book on tape. Now I gotta watch the movie and see how. But you gotta stay in tow and watch the movie on tape. Yeah, all right. I'll watch the movie on tape, and then I'll play the video game on tape. <laughs> okay. Um, Bill Murray offers a contemporary interpretation of the story of Scrooge. It aired December fifth on USA. Let's go into my. So this is Saturday. That was Sunday. Sunday, 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 Squeezer. I'm going to pull up my, uh, I got a full TV guide here. I think it's from, like, the Chicago area, though. So, Sunday. Where's that grid? There it is. So, Sunday evening, Squeezer. On, uh... You got Broncos at Chargers, then Sequest DSV at 7. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at 8 o'clock on Fox was the movie The, <laughs> the Hard Way. Um, CBS had uh, 60 Minutes and Murder, She Wrote, and then uh, To Dance with the White Dog. And this is December 5th. You'd think they'd be doing more Christmas shit. Um... ABC had uh, Holly Rockabye Baby and A Desperate Journey, the Allison Wilcox story. It was two movies. Uh, whatever Channel 9 was, had Deep Space Nine and then Amazing Stories 2. It was a weird Sunday night in December <laughs> in 1993, Squeezer. Um, let's see what the... We could get from the cable channels. See if we got anything good. Uh, AMC, no. Let's see, no, see, no. So, Comedy Central had Saturday night. Well, this is Sunday evening. Saturday night marathon continues. Famous Teddy Z, women allowed, politically incorrect. Comic Justice, A list. Ah, uh, see that? Oh, Saturday night live marathon continues. Saturday night live marathon. Um, Family Channel had Peter Rabbit, Peter Rabbit, That's My Dog, Baby Racist, Punky Brewster, Big Brother Jake. Baby Racist? Baby Races. Oh. Snowy River, The McGregor Saga. Like, where's all the goddamn motherfucking... Um, Nickelodeon. Pete and Pete, Hidden Temple, Are You Afraid of the Dark?, Roundhouse, Nick News, Mork and Mindy, Lucy Show, Dick Van Dyke, and went to Nick and Night. TBS, here we go. Bugs Bunny Christmas, Flintstones Christmas, Say by the Bell, Say by the Bell, National Geographic Explorer. Uh, TNT had the Shadow Riders, then Geronimo. Huh. Uh, USA, Elf Christmas, Elf Magic Key, and then a movie, Dying to Remember. And then Silk Stockings. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Disney had Avo Avon Leah American Teacher Awards. Mm. HBO had Police Academy Six City Under Siege. Ah, uh, the best one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like where was anyway? Scrooged the this movie is so great. It's funny. Um. I don't know, working in television, it, it's kind of poignant. <laughs> that, I don't know, Bill Murray's fucking great in it. Mm-hmm. Even though I think, is he canceled now? And when I say that with air quotes. No, I don't, I don't think so. They're just keeping him low. So the, the, the yeah, I, I think they're like, just let it, let whatever happens, over. happens. And then, yeah, we'll just bring him back when we're ready. Yeah. Um, and it's still like the whole, you know, the uh, Grace's son saying, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> the, the the ghosts are funny. I don't know. I like the movie a lot. And then it's like really touching at the end. And yeah. it like, it just ends abruptly with like him, like talking to the camera and mm-hmm. it is being Bill Murray. Like go out there and kind of say these things, but be Bill Murray when he's at the end, he's like, feed me Seymour, feed me. He's like, now nah, I want to hear the women. No, the real women. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, Hand just go man. do do yeah. your your uh, SNL shtick. Right, and yeah, do your shtick, and uh, uh, great. Inter- if you're looking for any interpretation of Scrooge or a Christmas Carol, as as it's properly called, uh, there's two that I watched growing up: Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is way scarier than this, and um, and this. Yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all. Uh, last, last pick, Squeezy. Okay. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <coughs> Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Green goes smirk, eagles smirk, Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. <laughs> Though it's been said many times, many ways. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Is this the Big Bird and the Swedish Chef? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the main reason I picked this, I'm like, you know what? I've talked about this before. I've bork, picked bork, different bork. songs. I think I did the when the it's it's like oh, it's almost like a like a a big uh, uh, like a big pop. It's like a big wrestling pop when all of a sudden like the Sesame Street crew shows up on, on you know, the Muppets singing. or or vice versa if like the Muppets show up on Sesame Street or Sesame Street show up in the Muppets yeah but even Kermit he's like it's the Muppets the Sesame Street crew and they're all singing here we come a carolin with their wassail and whatnot and you know Elmo's still in like European championship uh rankings at that point just kind of there in the back 
Uh, yeah, he's like the D-Lo. Yeah, he, he later becomes Sesame The Street. Rock. He goes he goes from Rocky Maivia to The Rock, I would say. Yeah, real quick. Um, well, not real quick. It, uh, probably like 10 years. But um, when it does, like he gets The Rock, it's strapped to him. Yeah, yeah and then push. it doesn't. Yeah. God damn, this little red bastard's going to the moon! Ha ha ha! Um... Yeah, who, and who would have thought that The Rock would have less controversy behind him than Elmo? Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, as far as I know, The Rock didn't have a, what was it, child porn? Well, no, he didn't either. Apparently it was all, I think he's been cleared of all of that. Oh. But it's one of those things where it kind of destroys you. Yeah, I don't know. Some, yeah. I'm not accusing him, but sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. I've set in a lot of fire. Set, set, in, set a lot of fires. I even went over the bridge where I used to set fires. It was Kevin today. Clash, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And they even did oh. a movie about him, right? Uh, yeah. Being Elmo, yeah. Being, I think I, I watched that. I saw that a while ago. Oh, I, I talk uh, when we we're on our way to the uh, do our shoot today. Okay, now you're wrong. Clash resigned from Sesame Street in 2012 after allegations of sexual impropriety, all of which he denied and was later dismissed due to expiration of the statute of limitations. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Creep. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, uh... Uh, we... Oh, we were going on our shoot today, and it actually we went down, since we had to get to 5th Street uh, in Allentown, we took 5th Street in Whitehall because it takes you to 4th Street, and then you can cut up and over, and boom, you're there. Right. So while we were there, I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's, let me show you my old house. So I, I, I took the boss and little Dave, and we drive by. And I'm like, can you picture which one it is? And there's a, a house, it's a whole neighborhood of uh, all red brick, uh, some uh, twins. And Yours is painted pink now, right? single sprinkled in and ours was like the one of the three singles on the block and i swear they had to have done they did a, a recoat recently because it is more pink like more pink than ever before <laughs> more pink and every every tree every piece of landscaping has been completely gutted <laughs> it's just this pink it looks like the goddamn simpsons house or something it's so awkward but they didn't paint the garage. <laughs> the garage is still all brick. Very odd. Anywho. Sorry. Uh, I digress. Anywho. Um, yeah, I, I just I wanted to there's there's some so much great randomness in this uh in this special because you have everyone coming together. You got Fraggles, you got Muppets, and you got Sesame Street all in one house. Um and they're all singing together and doing, um, like working off each other, doing shtick that they normally wouldn't get to do, and like make friends. And yeah, you get like the Swedish Chef and Big Bird sing doing a duet. And I don't know why I didn't use this before, but I like I I was going through. I thought of this, and I'm like, I just it gives me a chance to play that clip. Uh, yeah, and the best is when he, initially he sees Big Bird, because this is kind of like they're uh, coming back together. Because the Swedish chef wants to 
basically murder Big Bird and then present him as dinner <laughs> uh, when he sees him walk through the door. That's Swedish chef. Yeah. It's burp, just burp, chef burp. now, by the way. Why? It's not It's not Swedish chef. Why? Uh, it's culturally insensitive. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, if you watch the new Muppet uh, series, the animated one, uh. the Muppet Babies, uh, it's just chef, not Swedish chef. Yeah. It's, it's still a good show, all things considered. But yeah, I'm like, what? How is that? Swedish chef had his own cereal back in the day. Bork, bork, bork. Bork, bork, bork. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and, yeah. well, I'm not reading this. No, he's still Swedish chef. I mean, he might be. In the cartoon, he's just chef. Oh, maybe he, yeah. And it took a whole season for Rolf to show up. What the hell? In Sweden, he's referred to as the Swedish cook, the Svenski Kalken. Oh, hey. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not Swedish. I don't know. I would assume they have a good sense of humor when you're that beautiful. Yeah. And just, I assume every one of them is just ripped. In a 2012 you... Slate article, uh, stated that the fact that his nonsense words are so widely interpreted as Swedish sounding is bewildering annoying, and annoying to Swedes. <laughs> <laughs> Argued that Swedes don't find the character funny at all. I would find it hilarious. Yeah, all right. Well, that's probably just one asshole. Yeah. Like, it's almost like every, the rest of the world just looking at, like, everyone, like, if they had, like, the Kid Rock cook for America, and they the rest of the world just thinks that everyone looks like Kid Rock and he's just cooking meth. That'd be hysterical. Yeah. Chef cereal. What was that cereal called? It was called, like, Crunchy Ooze. Oh, I'm sorry. We already have that. It's called Guy Fieri. Oh, Guy Fieri's the fucking man. <laughs> I know, but still. Crunchy stars. Crunchy stars from post. We had these. Crunchy stars. They weren't that good. How can it not be good? All cereal's basically the same. It's like the same three things, and then they just uh, it's really put not. slightly different flavor of sugar on it. It's, it, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone who didn't eat cereal would say that. I, well, I did, but I only ate Captain Crunch because I'm a masochist. I know that to be true, but... Bork, bork, bork. <laughs> bork, bork. Um... Oh, that should be... That, that would be my... If they brought back like a real hardcore wrestling league and I got into it, that would be my finisher. Where I just take a bag of Captain Crunch and jam it in your mouth until you tap. I never tap. Or I get choke slammed on a fucking Ow! bed of Captain Crunch. God, what a maneuver! <laughs> I love how there's a this old box. There's a thirty-five cent coupon inside. Back when that meant something. Huh. All right. Got anything right. more on this? What was it? Just. What was what? This is just this Sesame Street guy is appearing on oh, the yeah. Muppets. Oh, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, a Muppet, uh, not Muppet Christmas Carol. Where the hell they go? Uh, Muppet Family Christmas. A Muppet Family 
Christmas. It, it's uh, the Muppets produced. Uh, Jim Henson put out two of my my two favorite like, Christmas <coughs> uh, specials: a Muppet Family Christmas and a Christmas toy, or as some might call it, Toy Story. Um, yeah, Muppet Family Christmas has a very special place in my heart. Watch that. That was on the old Betamax. Watch that in June and July. Well, all year round. You're a very special boy. Uh, yes, I've heard from you, <laughs> and only you. Um. All right, here we go with my last pick, Squeezer, and um, this one is uh. I, I I picked this because we I said I didn't have a fifth pick. I picked it just to prove you wrong. Uh, Eat the cat had a Christmas special in its first season. It's a wonderful nine lives. And what day is fast approaching? I have no idea what it's about, so <laughs> I was like, I probably saw it because I love Eat the Cat. I mean, not a stuffed Eat the Cat doll. I was probably too old to have. It's ten too old. Ten too old for what? Stuffy. Um. Like in public or like out, yeah, outside. Yeah, you don't let anyone room. out. You don't want your friends but, know, but yeah, no, no. You you, you still want still, something to cuddle with. You you might have still had a little. I'm not gonna lie. I put my kid down the bed and I find a stuffed animal. I'm like, oh, this is a soft one. This feels nice. Uh, so it's uh, a wonderful nine lives. Can only mean it's a it's a wonderful. Eek the cat. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know where he's talking. Kumbaya. Hard. Hmm, little Joey the Orphan, Dud City, USA. Kumbaya, this gift that fell was meant for someone I bet who's swell. This lost little box, this gift, this toy, will never make it to this Joey boy. I don't understand it. I've been good all this year. Gone with you, little cat. Before this night is through, at tunnel's end, I see the light. Christmas joy is shining through. Uh-oh. Christmas joy is shining through. I don't hear I don't hear anything different. What? Sounds like a normal person to me. Let's see. Well, I have these boots, red rubber and warm, perfect to keep so he's rhyming dry. the whole time. And see, to trade me this pig for these exceptional shoes. Well, we're talking one rather smart the buy. Exceptional well, the shoes. Look kind of script. Like he's orphans, just trying to, it's not about wonderful life. He's trying to get this Our present back to little Joey the Orphan. He looks up little Joey the Orphan in the yellow pages. I found him, old Joey. I found little Joey. I found this poor boy. Huh? Hello again, cat. Can I give you a lift? Maybe in exchange for my pig, you can give me that gift. Get back here, you scraggly varmint. Poor Eek. He's just trying to do the right thing. For all of this year. Hey, it's here, it's here. And it's the a little mouse. Wish for all of this year. And it's three other mice a with a. The nicest surprise of all. Today I've discovered I'm not an orphan at all. <laughs> the orphan is happy. It's a wonderful sight. It makes me forget that long, terrible night. And here it is, Christmas, this most wonderful day. 
And everything's right. Everything is okay. <laughs> Santa Claus is here now. Oh, here is this cat that I've heard so much about. The what? Uh, come on, what happened? Eek, you know, Eek has a present Here's left from Santa. A Christmas something for a kitty uh, so nice. Who made a selfless journey? Box. Don't open the box. Oh, his friends all show up. So, huh? It's another in the box is another note. Answer the door, and he answers the door. And all his friends are there. Annabelle. It really is true. What I've learned in the end, the greatest gift you can have is your family and friends. <laughs> and the tree falls on him. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, the cat. Good stuff. That was my fifth pick. Nice. I know I saw it as a kid. I don't really remember it, but it, I mean, I probably got annoyed at the rhyming, so. Like, yeah, start playing <laughs> with my action figures. You just give up at a certain point. You know, they probably thought it was a good idea and we were having some fun writing it, and then they realize they have to finish it. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's our second Christmas show, Squeezer. Yeah. I'm getting the music you hate. This one has I, lyrics in I it. I don't Christmas is coming. Christmas. The snowflakes will be falling. It's the most wonderful time. That's a good time. You know what next week is, everybody? So we are you, are you with me at hockey next Saturday, Wednesday? Yeah, buddy. So after hockey, we'll be home to so probably like probably thinking like 10:45ish, 11ish. Right? Yeah, it'd be close to 11. I would yeah. have to you know, get some beers and so you know, line up, a steak or two. <laughs> line up your copy of uh, Christmas Vacation and get ready to watch it along for the third year in a row with us. And uh, and we'll hear us talk about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to cap off the 2022 Christmas season. But uh, that's it. We'll be back next week for a great watch along. Um, enjoy the rest of your Christmas week. Till next week, I'm RK. Yeah, and I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody.